This is On The Radar, and as always, this is me, your host, Radar, and normally we talk about local sports, national sports, and pop culture, but with the new television schedule starting now later and later into the year, instead of it being the week after Labor Day or the week of Labor Day, you know, that first Tuesday, Wednesday, things are starting out at the end of September, beginning of October, and what that means, series openers for returning shows that are interesting, the cliffhangers that people want to get resumed, or new television shows that I'm going to review that you can always check out on the radarmedia.com or the blogger account, Radar4428, and the links will only be posted on the Radar Entertainment blog on Facebook, where you'll be able to get the opportunity to read all those new television reviews. But there are plenty of TV shows that that I did not get to on these podcasts, you know, time constraints, that I, in the previous podcast, 154 and 155, what you would notice is that I also there talked about TV shows, finales of shows that were canceled, TV show finales of shows that were actually renewed and coming back and how it's weird that some of them are coming back. So this is episode 156 as we continue talking about the talking about the um, television shows. But first, to make it a little bit of sports and pop culture, Today is Randy Bachman, the guitarist of Guess Who and Bachman Turn Overdrive's birthday. Brad Arnold, the lead singer of Three Doors Down. Rapper Lil Wayne. Singer and actor Sean Cassidy. And in sports, we've got John Lannon, uh, formerly of the Nationals. John Garland, World Series winner of the White Sox. John Roush, longtime reliever. Jason Phillips, former catcher. WNBA players, Tajma Abraham, Tina Nicholson, Sylvia Cauley. Hall of Fame and probably the greatest third baseman of all time, Michael Jack Schmidt. Actors Al Martinez and Kathleen Nolan and Liz Torres, Sam Lerner, NBA champion as a player and a coach, Steve Kerr of the Golden State Warriors right now, actresses Anna Kemp, Gwena Paltrow, and singer Avril Lavigne, and finally, actress Jenny Ortega. Now then, I want to get to some of the TV shows. They may have been talked about before on my podcast, but I just want to recap it. CW merged with Discovery, so of course they went and canceled a bunch of shows. It took them this long to realize that the model of automatically renewing every show, when you still have the flawed thing of having only two hours of programming, Monday through Friday, and you know, yes, they the last they added last year and this year programming on Saturday night and Sunday, but it's just game shows, reality shows, r- things that no one really dying to watch Saturday night and Sunday. So adding those extra nights wasn't really the thing that was holding them back. The thing that's been holding the CW back for a while is that you only have two hours of programming. You're no longer on the channel WGN, the major one. So all the news is at 9, so you got to stop at 9 Central Standard Time because it's based out of Chicago, the actual WGN station. But since it moved to UPN and now WCAU, there's been no reason why you don't have three hours of programming because CBS, NBC, and ABC, they could show programming from 7 to 10. And at 10 o'clock, they show the news. And when the news is over, they go into their late-night talk shows. See? Simple strategy there. So that was their issue, is that they don't have enough programming hours, and they kept renewing everything. So some shows were only getting 12 to 13. Some fans are pissed that their shows were not getting full-season runs like Flash and Riverdale and Supernatural, but others were. So they it was really a mess. But now they're like, well, a strategy of canceling everything, well... Clearing house with the superhero shows like Batwoman, the way that it ended, I, I definitely probably talked about this, but it ended with a cliffhanger of the toxic filth from the new black Joker blimp that he stole. That You know, they used to be Joker's blimp somehow, 
and there's creatures coming on. You have to deal with the aftermath of that. They obviously get Wayne Tech back, and the Alice character goes to Europe, and hopefully they're done with her. That you could then say, okay, we got through all the family drama of the original Batwoman in season two, and we got rid of the drama of her adoptive mother gave her up, her she had a brother who has issues from Joker, blah, 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 blah. They introduced new people to do certain roles of the former villains and stuff. Okay, cool and dandy. And I thought they were in a really, really, really good place, Batwoman, because season three was better than season two. And nothing's going to top season one except for the pandemic screwing it up, them not getting a full 22-episode season, them leaving cliffhangers with not just you know, Ruby Rose carrying, playing the character, but also the Tommy character, Hush. Like, Hush is supposed to be a character that's one of Batman's biggest villains. It's not supposed to be, eh, let's do one, maybe two episodes and move on. That's where the kind of the issue was. The other show that got canceled was Legend of Tomorrow. And, I, and I'm going to say this. You could have canceled Legend of Tomorrow a long time ago. You really could. But they get you in last year with, well, they saved the day from the aliens and the human who made the clones and the aliens. Bada bing, bada boom. Little did we know, that stupid dude, the villain, copied Ava's ship, made it, and went to become his own captain of the Wave Rider, and it eliminated the legend, but it didn't actually destroy their ship, so they were stranded in the past. And the whole season was them going through the past, trying to get back to where they belong, without causing rifts in time, and all these paradoxes, and all these characters. And of course, obviously Mick Rory's character left last year. Brandon Roth's character left like two years ago. And you're left with the Wonder Twins, where the brother Bashir... He's a good character, but the... But reality-wise, you know, not the best character, not the worst character, but him and his twin were like, unfortunately, very, very annoying. And that's where I'm just like, yeah, I mean, Barrett, not Bashir, but the point is... They, they brought they came back with you. Say, okay, cool, the season is them trying to get back to the present, blah, blah, blah. And then they had a perfect finale, the second to last episode, where they're like, you know what, we retired. Ava and Sarah go back to their time period. Spooner goes back to hers. Obviously, Astro's from the present. You know, Nate goes in the totem, however that's supposed to be. And the Wonder Twins go back to the future where they're from. Gary was staying with Gideon, but obviously, evil Gideon kills him, pushed him off the ship. He thought he was dead. And they let the guy that Matt Ryan was playing, unfortunately, you know, they made him this Gwen Davies character, the creator of time travel, go back to his time, blah, 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 blah. But of course, they all realized that Gideon's boyfriend was not actually, really, he was like the android robot thing. And they're like, we got to go save him. And of course, Nate loses his powers and he's all done, which is stupid because he's one of the only few metahumans that was still on the show. Sarah supposedly... Is a clone like Ava. We have to get over that. And then she lost her powers because she was pregnant. Because she has part alien DNA. And she and Ava obviously were sleeping with each other because they're together. So she lost her powers. And I'm like, this is really, 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 really stupid. But of course, that sort of thing. It, their issue always was Spooner was good when they needed aliens. Asher was good when it was Constantine and the Dark Arts thing. Okay, cool. The totems, you needed the totem people, but Zari's not needed because Vixen left, blah, 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 that sort of thing. You have two Zari, 
You bring back Vixen's actress, and she plays a shapeshifter, which, again, was a waste of time. We didn't actually need her. But then they're like, ah, we got you. She's actually these three sisters, and one was betraying Astra. The other one's like a warrior who kills people. And then, oh, yeah, this other one, you know, Charlie, she's a shapeshifter, but she used to be part of her evil sisters, and they got to stop them. And I'm like, okay, cool. See, I learned the fact that I got stuck with Gary, stuck with Ava, and even Mona for a bit. But for the most part, the whole point of Legends of Tomorrow was supposed to be was supposed to be Rip Hunter, who you know was killed, turned evil, all this other stuff was supposed to be. If you read the comics and watched the cartoon, he recruits superheroes that are not going to affect the timeline to stop bad guys who are screwing the timeline, and it's always different people. Sometimes he asks Batman and other people who are you know, the same characters over and over. So it was one thing, okay, cool. You take Katie Lowitz and you take Brandon Roth of Arrowverse. You take, you know, Wentworth Miller and Dominic Purcell from Flash. Two villains, whatever. You take those four characters. You take Professor Stein, Victor Garber, a very famous actor. And obviously Jefferson Jacks. Obviously they changed up the characters and all these other things. But you're like, yeah, and season one was, let's have... The Hawks and Vandal Savage because of all the reincarnations and being killed. Okay, cool. Those made sense just because that was the season. Vandal Savage gone. The Hawks say goodbye. As I mentioned, Vixen, they le- she stayed an extra season, but in general, she should have left after they had that season. Okay? But that's how it's supposed to be. You were supposed to continue to just have different characters over and over and over, but of course... They didn't. I did like adding Steel, Nate's character, in season two because obviously Wentworth Miller signed a one-year contract and he sacrificed himself to save the day. That's fine. Victor Garber himself wanted to leave the show and he left after three seasons, which then essentially screwed Jefferson Jackson, you know, Franz Dermis' character because they're a totem and they, I mean, they're like the, they're like the Matrix. They got to be together. Firestorm Matrix. There's two sides to it. They screwed up the opportunity of well. And we can pluck superheroes from the future, superheroes from the past. We can grab Hawkman from a different period of time in season one. Why can't we just grab Brandon? Why can't excuse me? Grab Robbie Amell's character, you know, Firestorm, just the moment before he dies in Flash, and he gets saved, and he is actually part of the Matrix with Jackson, because you know that's how it was. The two of them eventually did it when Victor Garber officially his character Professor Sign died. They missed that out the opportunity, so that was gone. But I liked having Steel because you lost a lot of characters. I didn't like having the idiots, as my father called it, because it came a comedy more than anything with Mona and Gary and the Wonder Twins, both the twin siblings, the good one and the bad one, and then the brother. It got out of hand there, making Abe a full-time character, even though she was part of, like, the, you know, when he made the Time Bureau rip and all this other stuff. For the most part... I had ups and downs. There was a lot of things, but I thought last year was great. This year was great, too. It's just, again, keeping Spooner's character longer than they needed. Gary and having Constantine's the daughter you ban- banished to hell, you know, Ave, you know, that sort of thing where Astra's alive and all the other stuff. But then they're like, let's figure out a way to replace Nate after we already lost Mick and all these great characters because they pushed Brandon Roth's character out the door. There wasn't he was killed off. They just said, you're not in the show anymore. He didn't want to leave because he was the moral heart of this team. And he and Nate were buddies. And he's gone through so much drama in his life, losing his wife, having a relationship with a hawk girl. And then, of course, 
Damien Dark's daughter, all of that stuff, they completely just said, you know what, you're gone. So there's some cues and few things at the end with Naked in the to- bracelet, even though he's in the totem. And then they mentioned that Booster Gold was introduced. And I said, finally, it doesn't matter how they introduce the story that he's, how he's related to Rip, because he's definitely not a leader like Rip is or a captain. But having that guy who's traveled to and from the future in the past would be really helpful. Especially without the historian Nate. But of course, they write him in, he steals their ship, then he comes back, and they all get arrested for for time crimes, even though, like, the time bureau's gone, okay? And they have the episode where Ebarthon's character is stuck having to monitor a fixed point in time, and that's his punishment because that's just how it is. So then you got obviously that fixed point in time, they're trying to fix it with that bar where they had all the other people trying to stop. Certain things, start of World War One, World War Two, whatever it is, and like that thing, like that thing, they showed the fixed time thing, and they showed this other thing. So I was like, who else is in charge of time and patrolling time that there would be an issue like that? That's where I was like a little bit confused, like how could there be someone that's gonna arrest them and stuff? That's where I'm like, okay. Now Superman and Lois, season two finale. Basically, I don't know how it how it happens because Superman didn't have his powers after fighting the bad woman. And the worlds are combining, so, and they're not what to do. Steel's still missing. And I've been wondering where Superman's brother is. He finally came back. Lois is all alone on a different planet. There's Bizarro Lois on this planet. The brothers think they can they can stop her, but of course he almost kills. she almost kills the brother with powers and, of course, the other stuff. And then they say, the father, he said, throw him into the sun, but it could kill him because he's not a percent sure. But that's obviously in the comics. Superman how he recharges himself. It's because, of course... I don't know if it's acting or right, but when Superman's brother destroyed his fortune of solitude, Superman's father, Jor-El, is no longer talking to him, and now it's his mother because he gets it from, somehow from his brother's, you know, fortune of solitude, which was in the desert, okay? So that's still something interesting. Obviously, Lois and Kyle are on the bad planet, and then obviously, John Sauter and Natalie made a suit, and the two of them are trying to stop in the merge, but obviously... Missed the message of bringing the, the source of kryptonite and all this other stuff. And then Superman saved John and Natalie because obviously they were about to get killed. They overload her by saying, you can take as much power as you want. Cause similar to some of the other characters in the comic books. Because some, you know, they just feed off power and they drain Superman before and other heroes. So, of course, in this one, Allie has all this power and stuff. And they're trying to stop her. And they have a Superman day because he saved the day. Christy obviously figures out who Superman's identity is, obviously, because she is a journalist and there's all these clues. And I, Clark and Lana are, are made up and they're friends because she was mad about keeping the secret. Kids get trucks from the uncle because obviously he's got money, but they're like, I'd give it back, which was really funny. And then he's on the Bizarro world, which is interesting because he could just rule that world because there is no Superman. And obviously they show Bruno Mannheim. They mentioned Bruno Mannheim, one of these crime bosses. Diggle... Which is not the Diggle from the Arrowverse. They find out it's from a different universe. He meets with Steel and saying, this Bruno Manning guy killed our John Henry Irons on this Earth. You want to help us figure it out. They take a family boat trip. They make a new fortress. And again, mention only the mom thing. And it's frozen like the path. So as you figure it out, they realize that Superman and Lois, they put it in another super universe. So Superman and Lois that you know from... Supergirl and Arrowverse episodes. That's a completely different Superman and Lois. And that this is a completely different universe. Which is why you don't see Supergirl. 
that's a little disappointing because I've been saying to myself, where is the Team Arrow minus, obviously, Oliver, you know, those characters? Where is Team Flash? Obviously, Flash and the other. Where is Batwoman? There's all these characters that I was wondering, if the world is coming to an end and Superman's nowhere to be found, you can't rely on one of the Superman replacements, John Henry Irons or his son, Superboy. Like, there's other things that I've been like, where are these characters? Oh, and they solve it. It's a completely separate universe like Stargirl, so it doesn't help. So the Arrowverse is officially dead once Flash has his final season. I think that's very stupid because Superman's biggest allies are obviously... Obviously Lois Lane and his... And Jimmy Olsen, but James Olsen in the Arrowverse, he becomes Guardian. Marsha Manhunter, again, that's a Supergirl character. They're not going to use him. They have yet to introduce Crypto the Superdog, as I mentioned with Supergirl. Lana Lang, Jimmy Olsen, the guys don't have powers. So obviously you're just like... Most of these Superman allies don't have superpowers, except for his own son and, and this supposedly lets he has a brother. Which obviously is a made-up thing they added to the show. And um, it's just like, okay, cool. All of his friends are don't have powers, and the ones that do have powers, they're not they're not going to put Supergirl and Martian Man into the show. That's one of my biggest issues. And then we're going to get to the CW Riverdale miniseries. So they treat it like a Twilight Zone thing, where this is like a universe where like everything that happened in this universe wasn't true. They're like they're either one-off episodes or they're so crazy the episode that you can't believe that they're actually things. So obviously Jughead narrating like Rod Sterling, which was really cool, and they called Rivervale the Riverdale because of obviously Veronica, and obviously they mentioned Fang and Tony, they're having baby issues. Tabitha moves in with Jughead, Reggie and Veronica are back together, and they're like a power couple with the casino. Alice is with Archie's uncle because they knew she's gonna need some bad boy after being with Jughead's dad. Betty's lived with Archie. Archie's having nightmares. And then a bomb goes off in Riverdale, and the dream is that, oh, Archie died or whatever, but nope, he didn't actually die because this is obviously a fake universe. Twilight Zone reference, obviously. Kevin's in the woods again, obviously looking for boys. There was some sort of dead deer ritual stuff. The heart missing, the blossom, who's a crazy, you know, lesbian cult leader with her teenagers are out there, and uh, it's just weird. Colonel Jr.'s long hair, which was interesting. That you know, the guy does all the autopsies. Archie mom wants grandkids from Archie when he gets married. Jughead is dealing with roaches at the apartment, which is doing Blossom. Wants her maple syrup back. Betty can't have kids because she finds out she got the first one, supposedly. And Blossom's like, I can help Tony. It's baby because something. Then there's like totems where maples are planted and they rip them up. Frank is a mercenary. I had a they find out he had a wife and a kid. That's interesting. You know if that's true or not. Blossom helps the bug issue with Tabitha but wants something in return. Betty and Archie are snooping at the Blossom Manor. And obviously puppets mean fertility, which is weird. Kevin lies Archie and Betty. He's not in trouble. And guess what it was? It was a whole roost and they sacrifice Archie and he's dead. As I'm saying, it's really stupid. Then they had the whole server for Ghoulies with their home of ruling Juliet story. Tony kills someone. Something's wrong with Reggie's dad. There's a hole in the apartment at the wall for Jughead lives, and they go look, and there's the, all these scotch bottles. 
something creeps out of the water because again the place is like infested and it took a while but they finally showed juniper and dagwood as betty's you know nieces and nephew they finally showed them because a lot of times they don't show them and i'm like can they just really move on with archie dying so betty can have a kid it's just really weird then jughead finds out the young couple died in the apartment they had to deal with the rona and then uh and then someone hits jughead over the heads Pop Steiner's haunted by an employee who died there, so they're dealing with, you know, with haunting and ghosts. And Archie's been missing, and if you notice on the milk that says that, Jughead wrote a Televanova, which was interesting. The driver's ed teacher was sleeping with students. They found out. Betty finds out she's actually not pregnant. There's a monster taking babies. Reggie's dad dies, unfortunately, in this thing, but obviously that's not true. And then there's a plan to stop the monster, Darla Dickinson, and all these other things. With science, with a, with a seance, excuse me. There's ghosts inhabiting Tabitha, but it leaves. The monster drowned and took the baby, so they're like... And then Tony gave her life to save the baby, so obviously another Riverdale character dies. The devil comes to town. Pop Head has a heart attack, and then you're like, oh crap, that's one of the main backbones of this town. And then they get the trash bag killer, take talk, you know, talking about to take him in into custody. And then in the casino, they live with the drinks, making all the games the most profitable. Pop, soul, or you have to get a diner up again, like playing with the devil and that sort of thing. The casino officially open. Kevin's a lounger at the casino and obviously offer Richard fame. And Fangs is acting as his boyfriend agent in this one. Because obviously there is no t- there is no Tony. Reggie also sold his soul for the casino. Pop's soul is the soul of Riverdale. They find out, like, you can't be that Pop. Pop. Pop's Diner, which is an interesting thing to find out, because that way soon could tell that. The devil tells Jugs a story, but he can't write it. He can keep, but he can keep writing without ever anything compiled. So if it's published, he can never write again. So that's like his curse there, where I can continue to have all these ideas to write, but then I can't publish them. Nick this muck is a senator, so like that creepy dude that Veronica knew, he's a senator, because they're all adults now. His soul is taken, because it's fine now. It's, it's, Reggie didn't give his soul, he gave up Veronica's. Now the trash bag killer is, is the devil. Veronica kind of tries to sell Alice's soul. Betty killed her FBI guy friend because, like, he was coming at her. He tricked Judge by trying to get his soul and Angel helped them so there's no deal for the Pops. Because they're good. Like, the Angel goes, we got to save Pops. Tabitha realizes because no matter what happens, that's the, the battleground where these things happen. Veronica gives souls away a week by bringing all these people into the casino. And, of course, goodbye Reggie. His soul is taken. Blossom talks about her family past, which again, a little bit too much. No one really cares about her drama in her past. And that in the past, she was also lesbian and didn't have a husband or kids. And she and Tony had a relationship. That Bailey's comment happened and her grandmother died. I'm like, okay, was she Philly dead? Because she's like outlasted so many young characters. And her kiss, her kissing fake Betty every Blossom is weird. The thing that she kissed Betty in the flashbacks, whoever the the ancestor is so there's no blossom it's just a single lesbian this is really weird because to get the blossom name has to be a dude okay there's no none of the family kids around then they find out things the in the past was a murderer and blossom framed for being a communist because back then if they couldn't figure out what witches were oh, they're probably communists and they burned her because she was lesbian and the blossom married fake fangs but then said i don't want to do that then a baby was born with a comet Kills Fangs Fangs. She cursed out of the comet. Now they bring Sabrina Spellman, witch season of the witch co- uh, covered it. 
you know, because they had the whole witches thing with Nancy Drew, and we all know that, like, Sabrina Teenage Witch is made by these Ar- Arch- Archie Riverdale-verse people, but it was on Netflix, so it was cool they brought her, but it's like, I wish the show was actually on CW. And then, wait a minute, Grandma is also lesbian, but but how is it that that's her, how she has a father and kids? Like, it's just so weird they do all these lesbian things, because if supposedly... Blossom's grandmother only liked women, then I don't understand this whole thing. It's just way too much going on. Cheryl was Abby and Poppy Blossom, because in the past... And then Tony, which has always been a lesbian with Blossom again. There's two universes. We find out, and Archie's alive. Tony's alive, now Reggie's alive, and Cheryl is really... And don't forget about me, seeing me from the past. There's a Ben Button character. They bring that character back. Archie's getting married. All the couples are there. You know, this Kurtel, Dr. Kurtle found Jughead's body dead, so like, well, Jughead's dead now, everyone else is alive, but, you know, Jughead's dead, so of course, and then it would be cool if Dylan Sprouse played Jughead, because they show two different Jugheads, but of course, they didn't ask him to, they said he died from uh, being a strangling, you know, starving and strangling on the lonely highway, and then they're like, when he gets into the heaven, they find an Archie Comics Riverdale about him, this old, excuse me, pops in the sky, interesting thing, where... No one dies because it's a comic books, and everyone comes back because it's all fake. And obviously, there's a whole box of comics about him and his friends and classmates. Has Archie, Reddy, Betty, Tabitha, and they all read the Blossom. So if Jason's alive in three episodes, they then they don't make the rest, you know, define for her life. Because then, oh, Jason's never dead. That won't define her that her brother died because that's something that's always defined her. And it's cool because they're playing the actual Sugar Sugar song in the you know, pops in the sky, that was, you know, that was interesting, and obviously the diverged major mining finding out rules of the parallel universes, they were explaining it, so it was a cool scientific thing, if you're interested, Stilton Dolly is alive, and he's teaching physics in the school, Reggie's doppelganger came back, and I'm like, well, if you're gonna do a doppelganger Reggie, it should be the fact that Reggie in the comics and the cartoons is white, and not, sorry to the character Melton, but then, for somebody like myself who's been watching Riverdale from like day one, back to back weeks where you're always like, I need to watch. I forgot that they had a different Reggie, but it's been so long. And that one was more of a jerk and fighting Archie more than anything. And they brought him back. And Veronica obviously has two Reggies. And Ethel is back. But then I'm like, well, Ethel's back. Where's Moose? Well, he comes back in a different time. And Midge, who they killed, they brought, you know, just in order for Moose to be with Kevin... I'm like, where she is. And, of course, Kevin's at the bachelorette party because the gay guy has to be with the women at the at the bachelorette party. Obviously, Archie having a bachelor party for his wedding. Blossom is lesbian, so I don't know why she'd be enjoying this because she's a false advertisement lesbian. She's always about there, let's make her lesbian, blah, 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 blah. And then Tony's calling her baby. She woke up in bed with Fang, which is weird. And then Jason was kidnapped by the Black Hood, and they find out that Clifford Blossom is the Black Hood and not Betty's father, so they changed that. You know, only Betty's dad got back. No, Jughead. I was like, where's Jughead's dad? They didn't cast him. They didn't, in this episode of Jughead's mother, Archie's mom, Molly Ringwald, wasn't in these episodes, nor was his uncle. Popped there, but there was no, they showed Veronica's parents. None of them were in this episode. Cheryl, dead. She was strangled, so she died. And then they're showing how the Prime and the Pocket Universe are collapsing into each other because, you know, there's the world where Archie died and the world, Archie didn't die. And Ethel kills Dolly's. Because that's the only way to save everybody, to end the madness of these two universes. So it's interesting that both those characters, then both Reggies are dead. They recreate the moments of when they merged so that Riverdale's 
and River Vale, one of them will exist, and the other one will stop existing River Vale, or they both will die no matter what. So they got this magical thing, they got science fiction, all everything's aligned. They try to say, let's blow up Archie and Betty and Bag. If not, Jughead and Veronica instead. So instead of it being Archie and Betty, like, let's have Jughead and Veronica kill themselves. Interesting thing, because in the comics and in the show, they never did anything together. And they're like, well, for those fans of the Vughead, you know. Archie then kills Veronica Block, Veronica and Blossom and others and Jugs, but it's not Hiram or Howard Clifford. They seem like he's wearing the black coat. It's really confusing. Everyone... Because it's like this Archie goes, you cannot destroy this universe. You have to let this world live. So, of course, this Archie guy, the fake one, is trying to kill everybody that's stopping him to try to save the universe. But everyone comes back to the universe. Archie's the bad guy in that one. Archie did it so his father can come back. They said, hey, if you don't, if he was told by, like, the angels or devils, whatever, if you, let's say devil, if you keep this universe going alive where everything is like this, your father will come back. But there's no way to have Luke Perry come back. Because he died and they obviously never prepared for this character to die because he's a moral compass of Archie and, and the whole Riverdale and stuff. And they had to just reel from that. And never leave a Cooper woman at the altar. That's something that happened. Betty and Jughead have sex one last time before the world destroyed. The other Jughead was alive to save both universes. He was in the great pop shop in the sky. He's wearing that goofy hat finally and the surfing shirt. And they show that they're selling comics but like others pop. Everyone's there like all the characters who died are alive. And as I mentioned, the song was playing. They found a missing comic book, How to Save Them Both. So that was cool. They used the comic book to look through them to save the day. And But they don't show Sweepy. Because they said once he went on the road with Josie, there's no point. And I still wish that they made a spinoff of Josie or Josie and the Pussycats instead of putting her in Katie Keene. Because another mistake the CW made was canceling that show. There's a new power source that they, can, they found to maintain it. Creation is just imagining it, they said. And the other jug is also the narrator. So it's isolated writing stories that never actually happened to come up with with Ethel in the Bunker 2. Someone warned them of a bomb, and so obviously then it starts off, well, Jughead waking up with a deafening sound, and he can't hear anymore. That's how the thing ends. And this actual season, Riverdale, that I'm currently watching, and we're about, I'm at the last final episodes, which I'll get to. In another podcast, when I finish the season finales of Tom, series finale of Tom Swift and Bull, to name some, that you'll see how this season all the do how interesting this season's been. Thanks for this episode 156. And again, talked about television shows. You can check out 154 and 155 for more TV shows on the RadarMedia.com, on the Radar Entertainment blog, Radar442 at a blogger is all the articles and links. Radar442 is the Twitter handle. On the radar is the YouTube channel where you get your baseball observations and movie reviews, but then you also can check out the podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you ever get your podcast for On the Radar. For On the Radar, see you guys next time.